Hello, and welcome to the Next Block podcast, where we speak with the innovators of the blockchain world. I'm your host, Emil Basil, and today I am very excited to have Neboisha Urashevich on the show, who is one of the co-founders of Tenderly. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Thank you for inviting me and glad to be here. Yeah. And thanks for staying up. I know it's uh, evening time over by you. Uh, so I appreciate you staying up a, a bit later. Do you find that kind of working in the crypto industry that you're working kind of more odd hours than kind of when you were not working in crypto or? Um, well, actually, if you had asked me that question two years ago, I would say yes. Uh, now I'm kind of used to it, um, basically. Uh, working um, uh, working nonstop is just fine for me. I got used to it. Cool. So I'd love to start by just finding out a bit more about your background, perhaps um, sharing with us kind of what um, what you were doing before you got into crypto and then how you got a, how you got started with Tenderly. Sure. Thanks for the question. Uh, so uh, like two years after I enrolled uh, in a computer science college, uh, I, I signed up for an internship in a company called uh, Devana. Uh, at that time, uh, the company was was mainly focused on, on a product called Manage WP, which is a platform that that uh, uh, was used uh, by WordPress developers uh, to kind of have one place where they can manage all of their websites. Uh, one year, one year after after I enrolled in the, into an internship, that the company got acquired by GoDaddy, uh, and we kind of all went to work in the GoDaddy after that. Uh, in at GoDaddy, we were we were mainly focused on like. Um, nice. Managing the the core parts of the of the of the ManageWP platform and integrating it with the other services at GoDaddy. Uh, at that point, I kind of got uh, that was like late uh, 2016. Uh, at that time, I kind of got familiar with the blockchain technology, mainly Bitcoin, and like a couple months after that, with the Ethereum blockchain. And so. Uh, at that time, I invested some small amount of money, and uh, I started like thinking more about it. Uh, and uh, in January of 2018, uh, I, I uh, joined a startup here uh, in Serbia called the Center. Uh, that was the the first one of the first startups uh, here in Serbia that was mainly focused on Ethereum blockchain and building in-house uh, products based on Web3 technology. Uh, there, I kind of I kind of got familiar with uh, smart contract development, and also at one point uh, I was uh, the mainly focused on uh, doing audits for the external companies. Uh, and so at that time, I kind of I kind of found out all the quirks and uh, difficulties uh, when developing Web three technology that didn't exist at that time in Web two world. And so doing that. Uh, I kind of, I kind of found out all the missing pieces and what we can, what what I think would would work best for Web three developers, uh, for new new coming Web Web three developers uh, in 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 this world, yeah. Uh, and that's basically uh, uh, a couple of months after that, uh, uh, me and a couple of my friends started uh, thinking about. Uh, if we if we want to build a product about that, and uh, that's how Tenderly got to beginning. Okay, had you always thought you would start a company? Um, at at that time, no. Uh, I was like, um, uh, uh, I didn't think that I was able to do, to to actually do that. Uh, but uh -huh. you know, uh, as from an engineer perspective, uh, just starting to build things out to. To build a product, and then once the product was shipped, I just 
I just found out that we were doing a startup thing. So, uh, yeah. So it's like you saw a need for it and you said, we're, we're going to build this and we should build a company around this because we have a product that, that, that has a need already. That's right. And so th that was, uh, 2018 when, when you guys launched tenderly. Uh, so yeah, late 2018, um, Okay. That was like the the first part of the tenderly was uh, when when we we got together and we we found out that actually the the um, Ethereum platform didn't have or to better say Solidity language didn't have a proper stack tracing tool, and one of the first thing that we thought of doing okay so to ease the development. Uh, to ease mm. the development flow and to like cut the time of the development, we just thought, okay, let's build something that would actually allow users to find out the errors in their code much quicker. And so that was like the first thing that we that we uh, built mm. for uh, for Tenderly, and from that the, the platform grew. How did the platform grow? Like, did you guys go to hackathons, or how did yeah. you kind of get the word out? Yeah, it was. It's actually a, a funny story. So uh, the, the, the few engineers just got together, knowing knowing from the from knowing each other from the past, and uh, we started going to hackathons. And um, like at some point, we were really good at it, at it. So we started going professionally to hackathons, basically to earn our salaries there. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, Great. Yeah, uh, and uh, after thirteen hackathons, which we either took first 30 or, second, or 13? 13, 30? 13. 13. 13 okay yeah mm -hmm. uh, where we either got first or second place one time wow. first and second place uh, yeah uh, we kind of we kind of understood that uh, we're really good at uh, doing products for like one or two days so we kind of asked ourselves uh, may, should we maybe try building something more out of it and so the idea like okay we know that we can do something uh, really good really fast can we maybe try and do more? And so like we got together, we started thinking about, about what's going to be the, the product that we want to, to, to build. And that's how Tenderly came to life. That's great. So you guys were professional hackathoners and then you realized that uh, you guys were actually really good at building products really quick. And so, so it sounds like when you started working on Tenderly, your source of income was these was these hackathons essentially until like how long was it until you had a sort of paid product? Yeah, so it was uh, around nine months. Uh, at the beginning, we were mostly uh, funding ourselves through hackathons. At some point, we, we question. So I've never won a yeah. hackathon, but or I've never gone in. I've never won it, but I've also never gone to a hackathon with the goal of like this is my income. Like, does that add more stress to it where you're saying, oh, man, we need to win this because this is our like source of income? Like, can you talk about that a bit? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so uh, it wasn't that stressful, uh, uh, mainly because uh, for some reason we didn't talk about it. Uh, <laughs> but actually, we, we were we were kind of always um, well, not calculating how much are we going to earn, but uh, basically thinking about uh, what what kind of impact does uh, going to hackathon have uh, 
uh, instead of just thinking about uh, instead of, but just thinking about it from a monetary perspective. So we were mainly at that time going to Ethereum-like hackathons uh, where we kind of uh, don't just build products there, but we can also share some of mm. our own product, mm-hmm. basically get the users interacting yeah, with great. it as fast as possible yeah. and get a feedback from it. Yep. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's a great way to get the to get the name out, and that's I assume that's your target audience, right? Is is the developers, right? Who are who are who are building on it? Yeah, that, that that's right. Cool. That's right. Uh, mainly ma- mainly developers from like a sole developers to like a, a really big teams that are that are using technology yeah. right now. Cool. And so you guys started as three, and can you just talk a bit about the team size? Like how how big are you guys? Uh, no, not three. Uh, four of us. Oh, it's four. four sorry. Yeah. yeah, four co-founders. Uh, at the moment, there are uh, fourteen of us okay. uh, here in Belgrade office. Okay. Uh, at the moment, every everyone is working on site, but we're planning to expand globally. Uh, now that we have uh, funding support and uh, support from our investors as well. Great. Yeah, I saw that. C- congrats on the on the Series A. And I uh, I was reading the the press release, and one of the things you had talked about was expanding to kind of other cities. Is that is that for like? operational support or is that just to have a sort of larger talent pool to contribute or? Um, mainly yeah mainly larger talent pool because uh, in Serbia it's pretty hard to find some of the specific roles that we'll need and we think that uh, going going to some other city uh, might actually might actually uh, we might actually find someone who can who can fit fit the, fit right. the role cool great um, so I'd love to uh, spend a bit of time and learn more about the product can you just give a uh, overview of what Tenderly is and what it does. Yeah, sure. So uh, as mentioned, we started off as like a, a, a stack stack tracing uh, tool that basically just extracts the the stack trace from the from the execution. Uh, then we we kind of realized that uh, stack trace is not is not enough mainly because uh, it only it, it it's only printed if the transaction fails. But uh, sometimes uh, when you're building a, a product on, on blockchain transaction can succeed but even the even the results would be incorrect so what we what we build is basically this this tooling that that we call a tracer that that extracts uh, the the runtime the runtime execution of the of the transaction itself so basically uh, extracting the the function calls that that happen inside inside of the transaction and not just the function calls but also extracting all the inf- all the important information uh, during during the execution, such as the the input parameters for each function, the output parameters, the the, the local local variables at any point in time, and also the state variables, which are mainly mainly important as as they they uh, usually contain the 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 output of the transaction. Got it. And was the first uh, sort of product was that a command line interface or was that a web? No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good point. Um, so uh, the the command line uh, tool was only for for a stack trace. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that point, we kind of realized that stack trace is cool, but it only it only helps you during the development uh, during the development time. Uh, the we we at that point we kind of shifted to the dashboard and the platform, mm-hmm. uh, mainly because it also allows uh, uh, users to actually. Uh, uh, to actually uh, inspect the transaction that already happened on chain, uh, not just during the not just during the development uh, development time, but also once they once they ship it, they can actually like just uh, 
paste the transaction hash and get a, get a pretty uh, uh, get a pretty overview of what actually happened during the execution. Oh, I see. So as a developer, I would when would I start using Tenderly? Is it during my development? Is it kind of once I start shipping to like a test net and then I want to monitor that? Uh, Right now, you can you can use it uh, during the, uh, both actually during the development times and after you finish development. Uh, once you once you ship it to like testnet, mm-hmm. and even after that, once you ship it to production, you can actually use alerting and al- analytics for for um, all sorts of things. But we can get to that later. Yeah. So on, on your website, you've got kind of four main areas or four features. There's monitoring, alerting simulating and analytics. So this uh, tracing, which we were talking about, I guess that's probably more on the monitoring side or that's the kind of basis maybe for that. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, so th- that's like the base layer for, for mm-hmm. everything. Uh, and then, and then after, after, after that, we kind of use all that information for, for other, other features that we have. Got it. So uh, th- th- that's kind of, that's kind of the base thing that, that we use to, to extract the information for, let's say, alerting, uh, analytics, and, and so on. I see. So uh, perhaps we can uh, touch on each of those features. Yeah, so um, the, the, the monitoring part is pretty interesting because uh, it allows you to, once you, once you uh, ship, your, ship your product to a testnet or, or mainnet, you can actually uh, just uh, watch your transaction coming in and basically uh, getting uh, all the information that you that that you want to that that you you need to be certain that transaction and your smart contract are performing as desired. Uh, um, so, once does that mean mm-hmm. when you say as desired, what is what is an undesirable? Yeah. So, for example, execution? if you if you see some transaction failing, uh, you 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 probably want to check out what 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 has happened and basically mm-hmm. going to that specific transaction uh, you can actually find out uh, all the all the information that, that that is required for you to actually be certain okay this is this is okay uh, some some transaction mm-hmm. uh, should re- uh, should fail because of some specific uh, things that are written in smart contract but some other you right. don't want to fail and you want to further investigate okay do i need to act on this or can i just let it go uh, right. And okay. so uh, um, that's the that's the basically the the whole point of the of the monitoring of the monitoring thing is for you to be certain that that the things are going as 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 you want, and then uh, once let's say that once the the transaction starts starts failing or or you hit some un- undesired state, you can you can actually use uh, uh, one of one of our most most used features and that's it, that is simulator. Uh, what simulator yeah. allows you is to basically uh, rerun or uh, not just rerun, but actually uh, submit transaction without actually submitting them on chain, but just actually running them and getting all the all the information that you have uh, for on-chain transaction just without, without actually doing them on chain, but just like simulating them in your own, on the dashboard basically. And so I'm really interested in that feature. Um, could you talk about kind of w- what use cases people are using that for? Is it? Uh, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Sure. Uh, so uh, let's say uh, a use ca- one use case might be when you when you see your transaction failing, you you could have found out that the some input parameters were incorrect. What you can basically do is uh, rerun that transaction 
in a simulating mode and basically just swapping out the input that, that's correct, simulating the transaction and making sure that all steps are checked and that it's working properly. That would be just like... Because if you're not using that, I guess, what what are your options for seeing why it failed? I guess you could go to Etherscan uh, maybe, but I assume that I assume that doesn't even give you that much detail. That's right. That, that's the problem. You don't have <laughs> enough information uh, for you to debug debug the contracts. Yep. Cool. Okay, so for error transactions, um, any any other kind of use cases? Uh, there? A lot of use cases for that. Uh, basically, once you once before submitting a transaction on chain, you kind of want to see what would happen if you submitted that transaction. Not just how much gas, but one information would be very 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 useful, like how much gas uh, it consumes, but also to get a sense of what what what's going to happen. Uh, if this transaction is submitted on chain, uh, what are the state changes between uh, before and after the transaction? Uh-huh. And actually, like finding out all the quirks uh, inside of smart contract that might be interesting to you. So that's 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 another use case. Interesting. I imagine that would be helpful for trying to see if there's uh, any like nefarious or malicious behavior within a smart contract, right? Like if you. Yeah. That, that's Is right. That, that's right. And that, also yeah. one other thing that trading bots mostly use it for is basically simulating uh, all the transaction in the pending pool, uh, getting out. Oh, interesting. <laughs> getting- interesting. Okay, nice. Yeah. So they use that to kind of see, I guess, how would that work for a trading bot? Because they have access to the mempool, right? So they can see what, what transactions have been submitted. That's right. Can you... Can you talk about that a sure, bit more? Sure. Kind of how they use it. Yeah, uh, they have all the information for the for the simulator feature they need in order to see what's going to happen with that transaction before it's it's on chain. Uh, and so what they usually do is uh, find out if this if the pending transaction is going to earn some money, and if it does, yeah, and if it does, they can actually just front run it. Uh, for people who don't know, front running just means sending a tra- sending the same transaction but with higher gas price in order for that transaction to get faster to on chain. Right. So that's that's really interesting. So have you seen a I, I don't I don't know how you'd measure it, but have you seen like a spike in that type of activity? Like, is there a way to kind of filter the activity into like, oh, this is you know increase in like bots that are using it or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we actually, uh, we actually, uh, have that, uh, opened as in form of an API and we actually, yeah, we have all, we track, uh, how much, how much that feature is used and we know what are people using it for. So, uh, but, the, right. but as long as it's, it's, you know, uh, I, I think the trading bots are actually a good thing because it, it helps the, the network sustain itself, uh, without trading yep. bots, uh, you kinda, you kinda could lose potentially a lot of money on bad trades because the, the, the on-chain price prices are not updated that, that, uh, that, that that occasionally basically right and for those um security hacks right so being able to sort of replay what an attacker did and kind of seeing walking through that i imagine something like this would be uh invaluable for that um i'm curious have you guys sort of ever been brought into like a high profile like security hack and sort of been asked to kind of help out with that or do people just kind of use the tools yeah yeah uh so uh right now um 
people mostly use it for like uh, explaining how the hack happened and basically what could have be- maybe prevented that hack. Uh, also, okay. the other thing that they use it for is when someone even finds uh, a malicious contract that could have been exploited, uh, what they do is they uh, spin up something, uh, a feature that is... Um, that was naturally uh, that was naturally going to happen. That that kind of uh, extends the simulation. That that is basically the forks, which which are in essence chained simulations. So what they do is basically they they uh, use the the fork feature to kind of uh, deploy some other contracts and make sure that the the transaction that they're going to the sequence of the transaction that that, that they're going to use basically helps uh, save funds from that from some contract that could could have been exploited. Got it. W- what is the fork feature? Yeah, so the fork feature is a, a, a feature that uh, allows you to chain your simulation. So not just uh, so not just like one time simulate uh, what would happen, but essentially allowing you to also deploy some contract and to also uh, chain a couple of simulation with key, with uh, where it also allows you to keep the state from the previous transaction that were executed on that fork. So not just for I one see, time. Got it. Because a simulation is like a single transaction, but then if you want to simulate multiple, it'll save the state of that initial simulation and then build off of that. That's right. That's right. That's exactly oh, the very, case very for cool. that. Okay. Cool. Um, how about the uh, other? Is there anything else on monitoring or simulating, or should we uh, jump into alerting and analytics? Yeah. So uh, those are mainly the use cases for the simulator and the, for the forks. Uh, we can just jump to alerting and uh, how it how it works under the hood. Cool. Okay. Uh, so uh, the alerting part of part of the part of the part of the tenderly uh, allows users to set up custom triggers. Uh, uh, custom triggers on the dashboard, which allows them to uh, essentially watch the, the blockchain as transaction go through and for some specific uh, things trigger an alert, which can then be used for um, various things such as like uh, reporting on Slack, reporting on email, reporting on Telegram. And uh, in essence, mm. that can be like a wake up call for them to um, make certain changes and uh, and to be to be sure that the contracts are performing as, as they intend to. Do you have a sense of kind of what are the sort of most common alerts that people are setting right. up? Right. So uh, a couple of a couple of them. The the, the, the most used alert is uh, an event uh, emitted event with uh, specific parameters where where the user uh, want to be sure that they they are alerted on some specific thing that that happened on chain at at the specific time. Um, that could that could uh, vary from uh, depending on the, the the contract implementation, but it can be let's say uh, uh, my uh, my Gnosis Safe multisig uh, has submitted a transaction and I want to be alerted on that, or uh, uh, let's say that um, uh, there was an auction and I want to be alerted uh, when the auction is closed, when the auction is started, who 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 won the prize and 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 so on. That's the, that's 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 the case for uh, emitted event. Uh, some other use cases are function calls, where user can get notification whenever uh, a specific function uh, on on a smart contract is called. That can also be useful just to like make sure that uh, if you have some periodic tr- per- periodic function that you're triggering on your smart contract like every day, to be just certain that 
it went through and that the the state has has been updated and that everything is working properly okay so, cool yeah that's that's mainly for the for the alerting part part of the uh dashboard cool and then the last one on analytics can you just touch on that mm -hmm. briefly sure um so uh analytics part part of the dashboard is like a really robust uh engine that allows users to to query uh through some of the historical historical information that happened on chain that are that are uh, relevant to their product metrics uh so for example I can basically uh, like sum, uh, get the sum of all the of of all the events that were emitted on my smart contract through through some specific period of time, and maybe use that mm. as an indicator if I'm doing the right thing or if I if I should uh, go into another direction. Uh, not just that, but also to get a sense of like. Um, how your contracts are performing over time uh you can you can get gas gas uh gas usage based on the of the on the various parameters like you can filter the you can you can break down uh your gas usage by function uh on a, on a on a various set of contracts oh, wow. so really a, yep. a robust engine that that allows a, a, a lot of things do you, do you guys have a way to sort of query the the like an API to the data in the contract or is is that sort of what analytics that lets you do or is that a bit different? Uh, you know what I mean? Like like if I want to say how many NFTs were sold from this contract between January and February. Yeah, so um uh, yeah, so um uh, NFT selling is would probably be an event emitted during the, the the execution of the smart contract. So you can actually just plot it out relatively easily by uh, doing a sum of all uh, NFT sold event uh, between between the the specific period. So got it. Yeah, got it. Cool, cool. That's great. So I'd love to sort of uh, drill down maybe uh, one level deeper mm -hmm. and just understand a bit more about how um, how how all of this is is architected. Um, yeah. Do you want to sort of just start with like how yeah, yeah kind of what the what the base base layer is right? Uh, so under the hood of everything, there is a thing we call custom EVM, uh, or to say mm -hmm. custom implementation of the EVM. Uh, we don't have a better name, uh, but we're planning. <laughs> <laughs> the tenderly EVM. Yeah, something. There you go. Something, we just made one. Something like that. Yeah. In the beginning, it, uh -huh. it was very similar to how uh, to standard implementation of the EVM, but uh, as more and more features got introduced to tenderly, the, the EVM got more, more, more and more complex, and it kind of split into uh, uh, various microservices that that each of them are doing its own thing. Uh, the custom EVM uh, is is a is a real time. Uh, you can think of it as a real time blockchain processor that extracts much more data than like the tra traditional EVM. So the the, the custom mm -hmm. EVM is uh, is a core part that extracts all the information that are. After that, used uh, for other various features such as alerting, analytics, or simply to present all those information to the to the end user, basically. And so, what's an example of that data that that wouldn't be available in the regular EVM? Yeah. So, uh, as mentioned, like uh, mainly because uh, the standard EVM just uh, lets you know if the transaction failed and how much gas it used. Uh, this type of EVM actually outputs all the functions that were called inside the, the contract 
Oh, I see. The, I see. Yeah. Uh, okay. All the various mm-hmm. information, such as input, outputs, as mentioned before, local variables, state variables, and so on. So a much more like you can think of it as like a, a standard every all the information that the standard web 2.0 programming language uh, debugger has. So if you if you think right. of it like when debugging a program in Java, you can just step through all the lines of code and get get all the information there. This is basically all wrapped up into into one EVM. Got it. And then do you just have like a fleet of these running and everyone is kind of distributed across a fleet of these EVMs? Yeah, basically we have we have a bunch of them run, running simultaneously uh, depending on the, the number of transactions that are coming through the networks and the number of simulations. And is this running as a geth node or what's no, the... No, uh, yeah, so uh, how we use uh, how we use geth node is mainly for the for the data extraction part. Uh, we have like a, a custom, as mentioned, custom implementation of DVM that that uh, essentially, as mentioned, extracts more information. And so this is like, this would be the main part and the, the geth part is only used as a uh, data availability layer for us. The contracts and everything are just executed on that custom EVM to get that. That's right, that, but we uh, would actually need. Yeah, that's right, but we would actually need uh, gets get in order to get the information from the contract, which is basically just a bytecode for us. One of the things I noticed is uh, you guys actually support more than just mainnet Ethereum. Can you talk about the other networks and kind of how you uh, support those too? Yeah. Uh, so as mentioned, uh, the the the. We have uh, a custom EVM, so uh, we can easily support any other EVM-like chain. So the chain that are mainly uh, built out as a fork of Ethereum. And so how we do that is uh, basically just uh, uh, changing the data availability layer from the from the Ethereum mainnet and switching it over to any other any other network that we want to support. That 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 is also how it works for. Ethereum testnet, but is but it is also how it works for some other chains like Polygon, Binance, Avalanche, RSK, mm-hmm. Optimism, and so on. Got it. Okay. Do you have plans for supporting non EVM? Uh, right now, uh, we don't, but we we actually plan on ex- uh, expanding the the custom EVM and just like losing the E, so custom VM would be <laughs> <laughs> the nice nice name for that. So yeah. I like it. The TVM. Um, great. So could you just share a bit more about um, maybe the languages and the tools that you guys use to build all of this infrastructure? Okay. Uh, for the for the backend part of the thing, we mainly use uh, Go as the go-to uh, programming language. Uh, but uh, for for some other types of, types of uh, things that we require, we use uh, various databases, all all used for various sets of features that we want to bring to the table. And for the front-end part of the thing, uh, it's mostly uh, JS in combination with React and Redux. Can you share a bit about the sort of six to 12-month roadmap? So kind of looking ahead, what are you guys uh, building towards now that you've got your Series A and you're going to be growing? Yeah, uh, so uh, company-wide, we're 
we're looking to expand uh, the team. Right now, there's 14 of us. We're looking to double that uh, at least in the next six to 12 months and actually find out, uh, find the people to fit the role that we think that would best uh, best help us to get to the vision that we, to, that we want to achieve. Uh, uh, Product-wise, uh, we have a, a lot of products cooking up that we plan to release relatively soon. Uh, one product that uh, I'm particularly proud of is is called Web3 Actions. Uh, what it allows is uh, what it allows is for users to to actually uh, have a custom backend that's going to to run on our infrastructure that that has that that is so you can think of it as like serverless functions, but uh, more in a sense of how Ethereum works. So. The, your serverless function could, could be triggered by some specific on-chain event, and it can also use uh, blockchain as, as a data layer for, for, all the, for all the things that you want to develop on your backend. So that's the, that's the Web3 action. Uh, one other feature that we're also very proud of is, and it's coming really soon, is wallet support. So not just the ability to, to monitor your contract, but also the ability to monitor your wallet across various networks. And also what we wanted to ship Oh, wow. Out. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And also what we want to ship out relatively soon is the, is the APIs and docs for the, for the users to, to, be, to, to lower the barrier for entries for, for our product. Cool. Um, cool. And in terms of community involvement, um, what's the best way for folks that are interested in Tenderly to get involved? Yeah. So uh, I would say like um, uh, joining the Discord, joining the uh, following us on Telegram, shout out on Telegram. And uh, if you're on Discord, just tell us about your project, how you're using Tenderly. Um, tell us if you think that uh, tell us about the feature that you want us to implement. Uh, um, mm. Yeah, that, that's it. Cool. Awesome. Well, that's all I have for today, Naboisha. I uh, really appreciate you coming on this uh, on this episode and telling us all about Tenderly. I think it's a uh, it's become a uh, a critical um, piece of of technology and service within within blockchain. I know there's a lot of big projects that are using it. So um, kudos to you guys and congrats again on the, on the uh, Series A. I guess my last question is when you guys close a Series A, how did you celebrate? Uh, well, like a, a small party uh, here uh, in the office. Uh, well, uh, we just we just uh, uh, we just entered a new place that has like uh, 300 square meters of terrace and we kind of celebrate. Oh, there. wow. OK, that sounds great. Nebosha, thank you again so much for coming on to the next block and telling us all about Tenderly. You guys are building an amazing product and best of luck going forward. Yeah, sure. Thank you for inviting me. For anyone who wants to learn more, please check out the show notes for links to Tenderly. And until next time, I'm Emil Basil signing off from the next block.